This time on Culture File, the clandestine art of the WhatsApp audio message. The tiny sound clips that slide every now and then into a mostly text conversation on the WhatsApp messaging app are, according to Anya Gallagher, an underappreciated, under-theorized and mostly underused expressive form. That all changes now. Just walking down, hands are full. Um... There was a lot of scrolling involved to reach my oldest archived WhatsApp voice message. The date was May 27th, 2016, and the sender was my closest friend at the time. I won't reveal the gossipy and very insignificant content of his 14-second clip, but listening to it brought me straight back to that time of our lives, in that instantaneously vivid way which I feel only sound and smell can truly command. We were both living in Dublin and in our mid-twenties, it was the time before coronavirus. Rents were extortionate and Dublin was feeling uncomfortably wealthy. It was lacking in the fun that was live on the streets in the years after the recession. But still, we made do. In 2016, WhatsApp had 1 billion users worldwide. This number has since doubled. They introduced the voice recording feature in 2013 and it took a while for people to use it in great numbers. No one was fully sure of how to use it. The path wasn't as clear. And actually, although it is now much more popular as a communication platform, that sense of uncertainty still presides over it. Some people refrain from it altogether, others use it constantly. Some use it selectively. I'm one of those. Times of consciousness don't really align with a friend in Australia, so we voice message each other regularly. And there's a local friend I've fallen into voice messaging with, it's a fun, more animated way of keeping in touch. It also possibly has something to do with my appreciation of her lyrical West Kerry accent too, which otherwise gets lost when reading text, such as... Hello, M. It's funny these voicemails like they are close enough to a conversation. The only thing is when you're reacting to hearing somebody else saying something. Like I laughed a load of times through that and I can't remember where I laughed now. Hello. Um funny these voicemails like they're they're close enough to a conversation the only thing is when you're reacting to hearing somebody else saying something like i laughed a lot of times through that <laughs> and i can't remember where i laughed now then again can a one-sided conversation even count as a conversation it's more like delivering a speech without the podium there's no opportunity for rebuttal you can land an intimidating nine and a half minute voice message in someone's inbox and you expect them to listen without interruption to your narcissistic rant as soon as possible. On the other hand, assuming you're not neurotic enough to review your own messages, it does allow for nuanced and spontaneous exchange. A passing comment about someone on the street you're taking perhaps, or an amusing Freudian slip that would only happen with the stream of consciousness. A voice note, <laughs> tell me a story. Um, yeah, so, I don't know, the car rang me. Besides the narrative aspect, sound provides another way to tell a story. It can contextualise a situation in such an efficient manner, but yet it's often under-acknowledged and underutilised. My well-travelled friend Julie returned home in March after many months in India and habitually sent me recorded snippets of her time while she was there. No words, just background noise, with a little blurb in text. On November 12th, 2016, it read, Sounds of the India-Pakistan Border Closing Ceremony. 
followed a few days later by Arti ceremony on banks of Ganja in Varanasi. One which the sole accompanying word of jungle was vital for it not to be misinterpreted as dodgy dial-up internet sounds. Then there was the slightly unnerving snippet of laughter yoga, which I think she correctly tagged as the strangest landscape of her travels. I replied to that one with a comparative snippet of my location at orchestra rehearsal and, as you can tell, wearing a very loud and obtrusive wristwatch. being taken aback by how different our soundscapes were at the time and how different our lives were too. But these brief aural snapshots we exchanged were a really nice way for us to stay connected. Millennials text. Apparently they hate phone calls. They feel they're intrusive. So it seems strange then that a voice note is a more popular choice for them. It's uncensored without time limit, and it doesn't have to respond to anyone. Is that not the definition of intrusive? It is perhaps a representative of how our definitions and expectations are changing. Is the voice note the free speech model of our communication platforms? Free from response, challenge, critique. It's a fun medium in certain contexts, but we should be cautious about using them in place of real-time conversations, because usually that's where we find resolution. Also, the voice note is the only WhatsApp feature that still imposes the dreaded blue ticks without option of disabling, which, for a person who prefers to keep somewhat clandestine movements, can prove stressful. But that's a gripe for another day. Onya Gallagher on the sonic potentials of WhatsApp. Next time on Culture File, it's Rob Long, whose martini shot this week looks at the awesome power of listening.